This is the Tantalk Radio Network. Time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the savvy, Divine Miss C. And welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited. The best part of doing this show is when I get to interview amazing people. And today I'm going to be doing a Masters and Legends special. And my guest is professional singer Tony Milio. And I want to welcome you to the show, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I actually saw you perform not too long ago, you know, in person. And you're from Newark. New Jersey, which most of us say Newark, but right. you're from Newark, New Jersey, which you're obviously a New Jersey boy. Let's talk about how did you get involved in music? What age were you when you started singing? I I think I got involved in music as long as I can remember because my grandfather played accordion. My uncle was an accomplished uh, guitar player and mandolin player, worked at the St. George Hotel for 25 years. So Sundays, for Italians, that was a big dinner, you know. Right. And my grandfather and my uncle used to play, and I, I was always amazed on how they, I, I watched their feet, that's what, believe it or not, that they were in sync with each other. And I, in my little five-year-old brain, how are they doing that? But the music was so Absolutely, and I knew I was going to be a musician and a singer. Uh, really, when I was about ten or eleven years old, there's yeah. no way that I was going to do anything else, not be a star. In those days, it just was. I want to sing. Yeah, and, and you that, know what's, what's interesting is most of the people I interview that that are really good and professional musicians or singers, they seem to have had family members, most of them anyway, that were into it, almost like they were born into that type of business. Yeah, you know, and as long as I remember hearing, there's always music played in my house. You know, and most of it was classical music. You know, my mother and father, you know, knew all the Italian uh, operas. Right. You know, uh, and at that time, uh, when I was growing up, like Mario Lanza was the biggest tenor, like Pavarotti. Is now, what, right. What, right. And the, uh, so that was a big influence on me. I used to listen to the radio and the music, and I said, I got to do that. That's what I want to be. So you, you already knew. You were I, just I born knew. into it, right. Now, I know a lot of musicians change their names. What was your real name? Okay. Because I, I read up on this a little bit. Right. My real name is Emilio Antonio Calatisano. So it's pretty long to put on a billboard. <laughs> so right. I use my middle name and my first name, Tony Milio. Now, was it in, in that time period, was it because it was just easier to use a shortened name? Because I know a lot of musicians say, you know, there, there was prejudice at the time, for example. Like my grandfather was also a musician and, and changed his name too. 
Yeah, well, you're right about that, but that wasn't the case with me. You know, I didn't experience any of that. You know, no one ever denied me anything because I was Italian. You got to understand, in the 50s, the most popular singers and musicians were Italian. Right, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Frankie Lane was Italian. Right. You know, uh, Tony Bennett was Italian. Mario Londra, you know. So, I, I thank God Dean I never... Martin. Don't forget Dean and Martin. Dean Martin, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. But so, you know, I didn't experience... I just simply did it because I wanted to have a shorter name. All right, now let's talk about music as you're growing up because you said when you were 10 or 11... That, that's when you knew that this was, you know, you're going to become a professional musician and singer. Were you involved in music programs in school or church? How, how did it kind of happen? Every single uh, or, or, or organization that had something to do with music, I sang. I sang in the school uh, league club, my church choir, which is where, really where I got all my harmony experience you know, singing in a choir, and I was, that's when I had a really high voice, I used to sing tenor. Okay. But I, I was a harmony singer all the time. That that was my passion, because I always loved the sound of voices together. Right, and now let me ask you, on, on that note, a lot of people can sing melody. Do you have perfect pitch in order to harmonize? No, I do not. Okay. I, I have... High relative? Relative. But like I was, Andy was speaking about it, it's on a certain degree of like one to ten. I think I probably like maybe a seven or an eight, but okay. I got a fantastic memory. You know, I can, you know, uh, you remember the words <laughs> to thousands of songs, don't you? Uh, uh, yes. To answer your question, yes. <laughs> and uh, Andy, uh, he's known me for years. I've never used a piece of paper on stage in my life. Never, ever. Because I feel, if you're a singer, and this is all you got to do. Now, I'm not talking about musicians that play, and they got the changes in front of them. I understand that. But if all you have to do is learn the words, come on. I'd rather go on stage and make a mistake than listen to words. Because I can't perform with emotion if I'm reading something. It takes my attention off my audience. You know, because that's the, the thing of performing. If you don't connect with the audience and they know that you're not singing from your heart, 100%, they feel it. Right. It, it, it's sort of like when I play piano and I, I try to sing along, but I'm reading the music. I've got to concentrate so much on that. But right. I will tell you what's interesting <clears throat> is I, I don't necessarily remember the lyrics to songs until I hear the music. So if you said, sing sing the words to uh, whatever oh, yeah, that song right, is, I yeah. can't. But if you're playing the music, I can sing along and I know all the words. Does yeah. that kind of happen that way for you too? Well, I, I think it's a little harder, like you said, but uh, not to any degree that it, that it matters because I know the words. You know, I mean, right, you've been doing I it know for, my name. How long have you been performing? Well, I started performing professionally when I was 16 years old. And in Jersey at the time, if you were under 21, not 18, under 21, you needed someone over 21 to be there with you. Okay, like a parent or guardian to say it's right, okay that, right. for legal reasons. Right, because you're in a place that serves liquor. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, yeah, so 
I I quit school. I, I went to one year of high school. I quit, and me and my childhood friends formed a, a band together. And uh, we have the guy that was actually our manager, and he was like our chaperone because nobody in, in, in the band was over 18 years old. Wow. So he was like our manager. When I say manager, <laughs> we were working like for $10 a night, you know, it wasn't the money, you know, like Mandy would tell you, too. When you start out, you just want to sing, man. You know, let me sing. I'll do it for nothing, you know. And, uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, okay, so no formal music training of any type. You put... Uh, I, I studied drums for a few years. I t yes, I took drum lessons, yeah. Okay. And I learned how to play vibraphone by myself. That's that's pretty interesting. I actually, uh, if you know who Terry Gibbs is, absolutely, we actually did a show because yeah. he was the most famous vibraphonist of all time. Absolutely, I used to see him at Birdland Club in Jersey, where I lived. We were closer to New York than most people that lived in New York. So every Monday, I, I used to go to Birdland and watch the legends of today. Now we didn't know they were going to be legends, but we knew they were great. You know. Okay, so you started singing at 16, you formed a band. What happened with that band? Well, we were together for quite a while. So one of the guys got drafted, another guy got married. But then the, the second band, still with the neighborhood guys, we were together for years. We traveled all over the country. We did two USO tours during the Vietnam War. But I always have to tell this to people, we were not in any danger. They sent us the other way, Goose Bay, <laughs> Labrador, Alaska. But we would have went any place they sent us. We didn't know where they were going to send, send you to. Yeah. Right. And uh, performing for servicemen are the, the most fantastic feeling in the world, man. I would think, yeah, you're traveling all over. What, what time period are we talking about when you did the USO tours? It what? was in the early 60s. Okay. Yeah. And you did that for uh, for a couple of years. Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. Now you said you started singing at six professionally at sixteen. Um, singing has it always been your profession, or have you done other professions also? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask all the quest the loaded questions, right? No, it's okay. Well, I I you got to understand in Newark, where I grew up, it was. A mob town, as they say. Yes. You know, they were good, you know, the good fellows. Right, right, And right. Um, I always got to correct people. We have never in our lives, people who lived in our little village, which is called the First Ward. Like, if you went to Newark and you just said the ward, they knew you were talking about the First Ward, because that's where all the wise guys lived and did their business, you know. And when I was 17, I was taking bets over the phone. Really. Okay, right. That's why I was good. In, I don't need a, a calculator to tell me if a horse pays twenty dollars. Uh, I mean, eight dollars and puts. 20, I don't need a computer to tell me how much it is. I can tell you off the top of my head. It, it sounds like a scene from Guys and Dolls. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> a absolutely. That was probably based on Newark, right? Absolutely. Yeah, or, or some other uh, like uh, area like Cicero, that. Ohio, Youngstown. Uh, you know, I know, the, matter of fact, when I was on the road with another 
band, when I first came to Florida, I was on the road with this group, the Jolly Jacks. Uh, and every place we went, because I used to sing an Italian song in the group, Italians always invited us for dinner. In the group, Jolly Jack was German, American, Kay was German, and the other kid was uh, uh, French. And Jack said to me one day, how come only Italians invite people for dinner? He said, what do you have, the network all over the country? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good story. Good story. Thank you. Now, how do you make a living out of doing this? Because, you know, I, I interview a lot of musicians. Uh, I'm a musician myself. I, ha I have friends who are aspiring musicians. But for a lot of people, it seems very difficult. And I'm sure the times have changed back from, say, the 40s and 50s and 60s oh, absolutely. to now. Because back then you had what I call serious talent. People had the it factor. Now it seems much more commercial where it's about branding. And, and so kids listen to music that I, I kind of go, ew. Like, yeah. like there's nothing to – I don't get it. Well – when we were young, all the groups I know worked five or six nights a week, which today that's unheard of because today it's strictly a weekend. Right. Deal. Most places don't even no. and, do it anymore. Uh, you know, there were clubs like in every other corner, you know. And uh, when I did uh, the, the newspaper interview, I told the writer Paul Gruzo that we worked for the wise guys in Newark because. All the wise guys owned the clubs. So that's how you knew everybody, all the, yeah, all the mob people. Yeah, that's how I got to know. Like, I know all the wise guys' songs, you know. And the, the other guy in my band used to sing Mama. He had wise guys crying. I swear, I'm not making this up, <laughs> you know. And they would come up to him. Now, in those days, a $50 bill was a, a lot of money. And they would go up to my friend, Nick Palmer, and say, Here, kid, sing Mama for me. Put a $50 bill in this jacket pot that was probably more than most people made in a week in a week i think the week or a the, couple the, weeks the average weekly salary in the 40s and 50s was 60 dollars a week so that's pretty good when you get a 50 dollar tip you, yeah to be connected like that yeah all right well what i want to do don't go anywhere we're no. going to take we're going to take a short break so we'll okay. be back in a moment I 
suffer from back, neck, or body pain? Do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? Call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664 today. That's 813-935-1664. And get on track to better health. Central Payment, your number one credit card merchant service provider in the industry. Providing e-commerce solutions, POS systems, standalone terminals, mobile apps, and much more, call Central Payments James Carner at 813-777-4332. Looking for the lowest rates in the industry and number one customer service? Call Central Payments James Carner at 813-777-4332. That's James Carner, 813-777-4332. Hi, this is Lori Zook, radio host from the world of Lori Zook. I was so nervous about getting tattooed, but after doing my due diligence and checking out companies and artists, I had my tattoos done by Justin Dubow of Suncoast Tattoos. He is knowledgeable and artistic, and he gave me a beautiful tattoo, and he put me at ease before, during, and after the process. I just love my new tattoo. Go get your tattoo at Suncoast Tattoos. Call them at 727-575-7935 today. That's 727-575-7935. Or go to suncoasttattoos.net. Are you looking for an affordable way to advertise to thousands of consumers nationally? If you own a business and didn't think you could afford radio advertising, you need to call me, Lori Zook, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. My show reaches thousands of people on 29 AM and FM stations nationwide, as well as through the internet. Additionally, your commercials will also be heard on all of my podcasts and throughout social media sites. Don't wait another minute. Call me at 813-777-4908, 813-777-4908, and let me bring your message to the nation and to help you gain more exposure. It must have been moonlight.
and welcome back to the world of Lori Zook. I've got the legendary Tony Milio here. Uh, Tony, tell me a little bit about, about the music that we just played. Okay, uh, we recorded for Coral Records, which is a subsidiary of uh, Decca. And the reason they chose this particular song, uh, Moon Glow, and you'll notice that there's sopranos singing uh, Picnic in the background. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, the movie Picnic was popular with Kim Novak and okay. uh, William Holden. And so the, you know, the studio thought that that would be a good uh, combination to sing an old song like uh, uh, Blue Moon. Right. Because both songs are compatible with each other, as you can see on the, on the record. Yes. Now, how did you get signed by Coral Records? What led up to that? Well, as I said, we were playing for the good people in in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> the good fellas, and, right? And, yeah, and of course, they were big fans of ours, naturally, because, you know, and one of the, the guys that was uh, called, I hate to even, but he was called like the, the Don of New Jersey. Okay. You know? And uh, his name was, I could say his name now because he's dead. Uh, <laughs> okay. the, the research, if you like. Now, uh, Richard Viardo. And he was like, really, the... The king. The king, right, you know. And uh, his son was a frequent... Patron? Uh, no, a fan of ours. Okay. And he asked his father, you know, why don't you... Uh, so that's how we got to be in touch with an agent in New York, which was the Joe Glazier agency. There were like, you know, big agencies. And uh, when the agent called us, he said, you know, you've been recommended by very... Important people. <laughs> right, important people. And we'd like for you to come in, uh, you know, come to the studio like... I am here now, and we'd like you, your boys to, to sing for us. Now, how old were you at that time? I, uh, well... Had you been singing a few years, or still a teenager? I was still, well, just a teenager, because I know it was, uh, my mom died when I was 20, and this happened in, when I was 19. Okay. So yeah, that's how old I was, right. Okay, that's pretty young. How important are connections? Because, again, we have people listening, you know, that want to be musicians, but I think it's different. There's a lot more people nowadays. There's a lot more competition. How important are connections, and how did you make connections? Yeah. You had people seeing you. Yes. If it were not for connections, I don't think we could have ever played in Las Vegas. Or they didn't know us from Adam. You know, we weren't stars. But, you know, there's... Same powers that be recommended us, you know, to Coral Records. I mean, no, not to the record, but to the agency. So we got some credentials, you know, that we recorded for a big group. So right. when the agents in Vegas were contacted from our friends in Newark, <laughs> he still tr- he still treads lightly when he says that. That's very it's like right, right. our friends, yeah, you know, what? our friends, <laughs> you know, our connections. Well, we were growing really. I as long as I can remember, mafia was a dirty word. You, you don't did say not that. Ever no. use that term? You always use. He was a made man. You know, 
They had other words. Right. And or you were a soldier, which I was a, a soldier for a while, you know, because I, like I said, I booked numbers for them. I picked up the, the numbers. You know, they, they had like a, lo- a, a local number, not where you played it. But okay. you could. So it was up, normal. It was normal, normal. there. So I used to go to, up there. The, yeah. I used to go to downtown North, believe it or not. It's a big office building. And they had two or three soldiers working there. And you're talking about people playing. Yeah, but some of them little money. But the little monies add up when you got a lot of people lot playing of them. them every day. So that's what got me involved with my people, right? So now when we went to Vegas, it wasn't an audition. It was a paid job at the Fremont in downtown Las Vegas, which at that time was not really, but it was Las Vegas. So when we... It was exciting. Yeah, right. You know, at least we were in Vegas. But then later on, we played at Caesar's Palace many times. As a matter of fact, Andy knows this. My friend Chaz went out there, sent also by our, our, our friend, and uh, he's there to this day. He started as a, a stagehand, stage manager, and his wife is, uh, 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 handles uh, uh, big events in Las Vegas, you know, business. Right. And uh, But now, in the early days, I could send people out there, which I send the owner of Paragon Music. And friends of mine said, just say that Mimi sent you, because that's my nickname, Emilio. Okay. Oh, I see the tattoo. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, so he's to this day he's there. He's been there like for 40-something years. And uh, so it was nice when I went out there. I didn't have to stay in a room. I stayed at his house. So that was my... This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Really big connection. And you have no idea. It made us a couple of hundred dollars more just for the club to say, right from Las Vegas, the four buddies, you know? Right. So that that was very important to us. Right. Yeah. So good connections can get you long ways. Well, well it right? can start you, but you got to have the talent. Like, you hear yes. that record? We were a pretty good vocal group. So, but if we were not that good, all the... That would not right. have married. But I was talking earlier. Do you think that's changed now? Because now I, you know, Absolute. I, can, I can't even listen to the the last twenty years honestly on the radio. I, I can't listen to it. It's 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 not a turn on to me like the older style music where it really was talent. So I think it's it's different nowadays than it was back then, right? Completely different. And uh, like even Vegas, my friend Chaz cannot get me a, a a room comp. All he could do is get me an upgrade. On a room, like I, I can get an A room, uh, pay a, a yeah, B b- because price. now it's, it's corporations now running it as opposed right. to and, people. And, and his wife could get me uh, a good seat at a show, any show in Vegas, at a discounted price. But in the old days, I I could send Jeff and say, uh, just say Morgan sent me or Mimi sent me that was and you're my in name. the door yeah yeah because yeah, Morgan was like the password even when I went to the the Copacabana I, I don't know I've heard I went, right to, I went to see Sammy Davis Jr. at the Copacabana if you ever been to Copacabana you know the tables are here and the dance floor 
and the performing is right there. You're on it. Right. And the star is right there. And and the band is on stage, right? So now the next table was seated Otto Preminger. I'm not kidding. uh, Elizabeth Taylor. You know, a bunch of stars. And even some wise guys said to me, how the hell did you get a seat like that? I mean, guys, I didn't know. Right. I said, well, I said, it's not what you know. You know, that's... It's It's who you know. It's who you know. I was sitting right next to the... The celebrities. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Now... Because Frank Costello actually owned the Copacabana. People don't know that, but Jules Podell was the, the fake owner. Oh, okay. There was a front man. Oh yeah. Kind of. Okay. I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I don't I don't want you to go anywhere. We're going to we're going to come back in just a moment. I got more questions for you, Tony. Okay. All right. Stay with us. looking for an affordable way to advertise to thousands of consumers nationally? If you own a business and didn't think you could afford radio advertising, you need to call me, Lori Zook, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. My show reaches thousands of people on 29 AM and FM stations nationwide, as well as through the internet. Additionally, your commercials will also be heard on all of my podcasts and throughout social media sites. Don't wait another minute. Call me at 813-777-4908, 813-777-4908, and let me bring your message to the nation and to help you gain more exposure. Do you suffer from back, neck, or body pain? Do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? 
call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664 today. That's 813-935-1664. And get on track to better health. Central Payment, your number one credit card merchant service provider in the industry. Providing e-commerce solutions, POS systems, standalone terminals, mobile apps, and much more, call Central Payments James Carner at 813-777-4332. Looking for the lowest rates in the industry and number one customer service? Call Central Payments James Carner at 813-777-4332. That's James Carner, 813-777-4332. Hi, this is Lori Zook, radio host from the world of Lori Zook. I was so nervous about getting tattooed, but after doing my due diligence and checking out companies and artists, I had my tattoos done by Justin Dubow of Suncoast Tattoos. He is knowledgeable and artistic, and he gave me a beautiful tattoo, and he put me at ease before, during, and after the process. I just love my new tattoo. Go get your tattoo at Suncoast Tattoos. Call them at 727-575-7935 today. That's 727-575-7935. Or go to suncoasttattoos.net. Welcome back to the world of Lori Zook. I've had the privilege of speaking with Tony Milio. He's a legendary singer, sang with a lot of famous people, and I'm so glad that you're with me today, Tony. Well, thank you. You're, you're welcome. I want to talk about one of your friends, Frankie Valley, and I know you guys are good friends. Maybe you can talk about how you got to know Frankie Valley and maybe share some stories. Yeah, I actually, me and Frankie Valley went to school together when we were like. 12. So it goes so, way back, because I didn't ask you how old you are, but it goes yeah. way back, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we met before. Both of us were really into show business, you know. And uh, so Frankie was just like me. Put a, uh, He and his friends put a band together, which was called The Four Lovers at the time. Basically the same guys that became The Four Seasons. And... Uh, they played the same clubs that we did, you know. So that's how, I mean, like we were. You were in the same circuit. We're in the same exact circuit, yeah. And uh, they also got a big break by the same people who helped us. Except they had a more uh, up-to-date sound than we did. If you listen to the the record, 
we sounded more like the Four Aces, which that kind of style was run a little out. Because we recorded I'm Hurt before Timmy Ural and before Elvis. But they did it in the, like, that, 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 that. We did it like, that, 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 you know. So, right, you did a different, slightly different style. They right. kind of moved a little right. bit ahead. Because I've seen they, they were Jersey Boys. Right. It's the, the musical and the movie. Yeah, so uh, we, we always remained friends. And even after Frankie made it big, he never stopped being a friend. Every year when he comes to Ruth Eckert Hall, always ask me how many tickets you want. And, but I never ask him for more than three or four because I don't want to, you know. And always backstage tickets. And I'm thinking you should ask for a lot more tickets so we can all go with you. <laughs> yeah, that, right. That, yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, right? so every day I have <laughs> people who know that I'm friends with Frankie Brown. You know, I said, well, you got to wait till next year because you already got four people. They line up for you right, for those you know. tickets, right? Yeah, so, but the thing with me and, and, and Frankie was, uh, when he they first made it big, I went to visit him. They were playing in Miami. And me and a friend of mine went up to his dressing room. They were having a big party. And I stayed there, you know, for about 30 or 40 minutes because, you know, I know Frankie. But me and my friend were getting ready to leave. He grabs my hand. He said, Mimi. Don't leave. I don't know anybody here. (laughs) (laughs) I also have a picture I carried in my wallet of me, Frankie, and two other members of my band. Frankie Valley is picking his nose. Oh, blackmail photo, huh? Oh, yeah. I said, (laughs) I always tell Frankie, if you ever get out of hand, I'm sending this to the Inquirer. (laughs) And he laughs. You know, he he doesn't mind. But, uh. The I think the 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 funniest thing with me and Frankie, my band in circles in Tampa was very popular in the for like ten or fifteen years. So I take my band to go see Frankie Valley. They're playing in uh, Clearwater. Okay. And uh, you know we go see him, and I got a front row seat. Me and my friend. And when the show was over, Frankie Valley goes to me, come up here, you know. He pulled you up on stage? Well, not to perform, to go to the dressing room with him. So I told my guys, I'll be right back. Right back. I'll see you later. So I, I go in, Frankie changes his clothes, and he's waiting for the throngs to come up. You know, the guards are keeping them back, to, and me and Frankie walk out. And Frankie says to the guards, okay. Let the people through. They're coming through, and I swear, the first people of uh, 10 or 12 people, hey, that's Tony Milio. And Frankie <laughs> said, Who's the star here? Me or you? Me. Oh, <laughs> cute story. Yeah, yeah cute so story. You know, he always was very. Uh, when he was with me, he wasn't. Frankie Valley, he was Frank Castelluccio. That's Which was his, his real, name. real name. Yeah. The same. He, he and was I was also Newark, right? He and I were born on the same block, Garside Street. Because in those days, you were not born in hospitals. We were born. I was born in a house. Okay. But Frankie only lived there for a year. Then he moved to just another part of the town, which was called Stephen Crane Village. 
Now, I want you, you on the commercial break, you were telling me a story about another radio interview that you did about a secret. Would you share that story? Yes. Me and Frankie Valley were doing a, a radio show, and Frankie was an amateur barber, so he didn't go any place without his barber tools. We're being interviewed on a show, and he's giving me a haircut. And we were going to go on, I've got a secret, and that was going to be our secret, that Frankie Valley gave me a haircut on a radio show. But Frankie's uh, schedule and the show couldn't get together, so it just, but I thought that was... Yeah, it was kind of kind of yeah. a fun idea for show. I mean, I, I'm I read through uh, some of your information. I know you opened for Dinah, Dinah Washington, Jerry Vale, Tony Bennett. You were the front man and percussionist with the Circles, and you packed the house six nights uh, a week for two years. No, now, yes, yeah, so for, for ten yeah, years. Over oh, ten years. Absolutely. Okay, even even longer. Oh yeah. And then now we only got a few minutes left, so just quickly tell me what's your connection to astronauts. We played in Houston, Texas, which is the home of uh, NASA, at the Shamrock Hilton, which is a five-star restaurant. The manager comes up to us, and now in the early 60s, they were more popular than Elvis, more popular than Sinatra, more popular than the Beatles. They were the most popular people in the world. The manager says, we have so many astronauts in the audience they want to hear "Fly Me to the Moon." <clears throat> of course, being a Sinatra fan, right? Everybody in the band knew that song. We sang it. Takes us off the stage, but it's a little. This place had indents with curtains where, if you wanted to be privacy, <clears throat> takes us there. And Gus Grissom, Scott Carpenter, and Buzz Aldrin said they. Owned a piece of a club in Cocoa Beach, Florida. How would you like to play there? So being with ABC, big uh, agency, we never booked our own. Our own gigs, right? You had someone do it. Of the Joe Glazer, and three months later, sure enough, Joe Glazer said, "You're going to Florida." I never been to Florida, you know. In the early sixties, yeah. So that was a big deal to come to Florida in the sixties. That was you made it if you came to Florida. Florida. That's oh, like going to Vegas. Ab- wow. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we go play in their club in Cocoa Beach. At that time, a lot of club owners from Tampa used to go to Cocoa Beach because they knew that show bands like ours would be playing there. So uh, the manager of the Congress in here in Tampa came out there. Saw us, said, how would you like to play in Tampa? We call our agent, same thing. He said, you're going to love Tampa. There's a lot of Italians, a lot of Latin people. So, I mean. Is that how you actually moved here? That's how I actually moved here. Because one of the guys got drafted, the other guy got married, and the band kind of put up. But now, the first weekend that I play at the Congress Sim, all the usual suspects says to this day that I called them that and they laugh, you know, were in the club. And I knew they were Italians, you know, but I didn't know who they were. In my act, I used to do the tarantella, you know, the Italian oh, The dance. tarantella, right. And I would always go to a table. I'd always try to pick the guy that I thought was the either the, the head of a company because I knew if I made him look funny, 
his, his people will laugh. I go there. Now, they made a mistake in the paper. It wasn't Santa, it was his brother Henry, but I met Santa later. But I go to the table, and I'm pulling Henry by the arm. He doesn't want to get up on, you know, on, on the, the stage, floor. right? The manager, and I don't know why, I thought maybe my fly was up. He's going, no. Don't do it. Don't do uh, it. No, no, no. <laughs> He's signaling you now. So I, I get it. I, I literally, I literally almost pulled his arm up. I get him out there, and sure enough, the people at the table were laughing their butts off, you know. And I get through it, you know. I, I'm. Who started your car that night? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. For 25 bucks, right? <laughs> when I came off the stage, they called me to the table. I was going, um, because the manager now you're in trouble. who that is, you know. I said, that's Santo's brother, you know. I go to the table. They treated me like I was family. Oh, that know? was nice, because they knew yeah. you didn't know, and right. Oh, oh, and, and, and the, the one remark I made before I even did all this stuff, I saw how they were dressed. I said, we got a table here. I said, guys with Italian silk suits. Made from real Italians. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, so we got to be friends. And as usual, I was invited to all their homes to have dinner. To That's the one day, thing about the Italians, right? Everybody yeah. wants to eat. It's all done over a meal. And to this day, they still follow me wherever Aww. I play. And I call them my usual suspects. And they, <laughs> and they love it. You go for dinner and you, and you have a really good meal. Usually it's broken leg of lamb. Oh, you're funny. You're funny. You're funny. Yeah, oh, right. my gosh. Well, let me ask you, um, what advice would you give to an aspiring musician? The first thing I would ask them to do is to be honest with themselves. Talent-wise, do you have the talent? No, even before that. Okay. You have to make sure that this is your passion, not your job, not how much money you're going to make. You know, not where you're going to play, how big a star you're going to be. You want to make sure that you're doing it for music only. And it's got to be your passion. Then you, you have to make yourself good. You have to prepare yourself, practice. Never think that you're as good as you can be. At so, my age, even now, yeah. I practice every day, you know, because you have to ma not only maintain, but you have to I, keep I, looking forward I, to and, better and yourself, correct? I have to correct? keep that edge. I learn new songs all the time. How many songs do you know? Right this minute, I probably know. Uh, I can't sing them all, but I could probably, at the drop of a hat right now, sing at least 500 songs, if you ask me. I don't, and Andy can tell you this, too. Especially with Sinatra and Tony Bennett, they make the same songs with different arrangements. So you not only got to learn the song, you got to remember what arrangement is from. Right, right. And he'll uh, tell you. Have you ever seen me with paper on stage? No, never. Uh, yep. So let me let me ask you last question because I know you still currently perform in the Tampa area. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you or go to your website or email or phone number, how can they reach you? The best way to reach me right now is from my phone number. Okay. Which is eight one three. Two seven zero zero eight seven four. As for Tony Milio. 
Great. I want to thank you so much. It's been such a such an honor to have you on the show today and, and to share your life with us. We're going to go out with a little bit more of your music. And next week, we'll be back with the world of Lori Zook. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. is the Tantalk Radio Network. At the Oaks of Clearwater, you'll enjoy a lifestyle to fit your needs. From independent living, assisted living, memory care, and skilled nursing, our exciting independent lifestyle is the perfect combination of freedom, comfort, and security. Enjoy total independence with peace of mind. Our independent lifestyle includes chef-prepared meals in our beautiful waterfront dining room, a continental breakfast, all utilities, including cable and telephone, housekeeping with linen service. Scheduled transportation, including trips for shopping, local restaurants, theater, and more. Our activities program is second to none. At the Oaks of Clearwater, you'll enjoy affordable luxury waterfront senior living with a million-dollar view. Call today, 727-445-4069, and discover where caring, compassionate service really makes the difference. Did you know there's a sprawling botanical paradise right in your own backyard? Come visit Sunken Gardens. Located at 1825 4th Street North, it's St. Petersburg's oldest living museum. This 100-year-old garden is home to some of the oldest tropical plants in the region. Unwind as you stroll through meandering paths, lush with exotic plants from around the world. Explore cascading waterfalls, beautiful demonstration gardens, and more than 50,000 tropical plants and flowers. Sunken Gardens provides garden tours, horticultural programs, special events, field trips, weddings, private or corporate rentals, and much more. Call 727-551-3102 for more information. That's 727-551-3102. Sunken Gardens, 1825 4th Street North, right in the heart of Old Northeast St. Petersburg. Call 727 727- 
1-800-551-3102. Hi, this is John Austin, host of the Book Club on the Tantalk Radio Network. I spent 35 years in publishing, and today I want to tell you about a book that can change people's lives. The book is No Cash, No Problem, and the author is Dave Wagonford with Ali Pervez. Dave Wagonford is one of the greatest barter experts in the world, and he's bartered over $500 million worth of goods and services. If you want to remodel your house, but the cost is just too high, or maybe there's an automobile that you've dreamed of owning, but thought you never could afford. This book will tell you how you can do both of those things, plus hundreds more with little or no cash and without going into hot for the rest of your life. Maybe you're a business owner with a cash flow problem that leads to low or non-existent profits. Read this book and see how you can increase your cash flow and your profits by time-proven techniques. The book, again, is No Cash, No Problem, and you can buy it now on Amazon for just $7.98 for the ebook edition. Do yourself a big favor and buy it today. If you're in the market for your next car, then the place to shop is autoshopper.com. You'll have access to hundreds of dealers right here in the area. And you can search over millions of cars nationwide on autoshopper.com. Autoshopper.com is in hundreds of locations in the Tampa Bay area. Find your next car by taking advantage of all the power and reputation of autoshopper.com. From your desktop, you can read car reviews, automotive news, calculate payments, use our tools to research, and get a Carfax vehicle history report at autoshopper.com. This is the public to pick up and read when you're looking to purchase your next car. Log on to autoshopper.com and search for your special vehicle. And if you want to sell your vehicle, then advertise it in autoshopper.com magazine. The readers can view a picture of your car and call you directly. It's all happening at autoshopper.com, your auto buying and selling source. Pick up the magazine today or log on to autoshopper.com, the premier source for car buying or selling, autoshopper.com. <laughs> 